The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communication. The It's All Good Podcast, hosted by Lorraine Gossett-Jones, sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital. This is Lorraine Jones with 15 Minutes of Good News, sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital. Well, it's that time of year. Thanksgiving time. At this time of year, many of us reflect on what we're thankful for, and and we try to remember to give thanks for all the blessings that we have. And you know, when you ask an adult what they're thankful for, the, the answers are pretty predictable. They're thankful for their spouse, their children, their families, faith, health, financial security. They're thankful for a good job, friends, a nice home. But, you know, when you ask children that same question, you get some different results. You know, sometimes they ask preschoolers, they put them in a circle and they ask them what they're thankful for. Or elementary school children, they may ask them what they're thankful for. I remember when my kids were in elementary school, we made little leaves and each person had to write what they were thankful for. And we'd put it on a tree that we had on a poster on the wall. And even older children, they may even be assigned a gratitude writing project or be asked to keep a gratitude journal. So when you ask a child, um, I looked up some answers that children have given to teachers. What are you thankful for? Here are some answers. There's some usual ones. They're thankful for mommy, daddy, brother, sister, pets, friends. And one one child said hugs, food, and family. (laughs) And then there are some that are a little unusual. One child said, I'm thankful for a lot of firemen and triangles. One was thankful for wheels and tires. One said raisins. Another bears, dinosaurs, mermaids. And one little girl while making her list, she made sure to include bubble wrap. (laughs) One said pants. I'm thankful for pants and jumping. Um, That was most likely a boy. (laughs) Another said, thankful for Xbox. And one said, I'm thankful for snowmen, daddy, and quesadillas. He didn't want to leave anything out. (laughs) So as you can see, what people are thankful for can be a very individual thing. Well, what does it mean to be thankful? If you look it up, the word thankful means to be conscious of benefits received. And I'd like to say to be conscious of blessings received. Same thing. The blessing that I'm most thankful for, it's one I've had since the year 2000, and that's my relationship with the Lord. So I hope that as we think about what we're thankful for this season, we make sure that we make room for Jesus. And when we're counting our blessings and thinking about what we're thankful for, that our relationship with our Lord is the first thing that comes to mind. Now, I've talked several times about my childhood and the chaos that I lived in. And um, as I've talked about my for- before, my father died when I was nine. My mother was a single mother a lot of the time. There was alcoholism and abuse in my home. And I remember that many times during all that turmoil in my life, I remember turning to books for escape. 
um, I've always loved to read. And we had a big bookshelf and it had a complete set of world book encyclopedias and those child craft books for children. Um, but there was one huge book on the bookshelf that I would, would often pull out. It was a big family Bible. Now, I did not grow up in a Christian home. We didn't go to church. Never, No one ever told me about Jesus. So I didn't really know what a Bible was. In fact, I didn't ever see anybody else look at it but me. But I would, I would flip through it. I would look at the pictures because I would try to read the text. I couldn't understand all the thou goest and forsaketh and and all of that. So so I just looked at the pictures. And in this book, there were beautiful full-color pictures. There was a, a picture of a man standing in a pit with lions all around. And I wondered about that story. And was he okay? Did he Did he make it out? There was another picture of a beautiful woman at a well. And I wondered what that story was all about. But one picture in particular always caught my eye. It was a picture of a man in a robe with the most kind, loving, peaceful look on his face. I didn't know who he was, but I knew that when I would turn to that page, I would feel better. And I remember looking at that picture and I remember thinking, I wish I had a daddy that looked like that. Now, 30 years later, on March 19th, 2000, I finally realized who Jesus was, and I accepted him as Lord and Savior of my life. In Romans 8.15, we're told that when you're a believer, you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know what Abba means? It means Daddy. The man in that picture book was my daddy. I just didn't know him yet. And since that March day in 2000, we've been very close. In fact, we're inseparable. And I've gotten to know him through prayer. That's the other thing that I'm most thankful for. Prayer, that conduit to communicate with my Heavenly Father. And ever since I've been saved, I've often wondered, what in the world do people without the Lord in their life, what do they do in times of trouble and hardships and tragedy? Well, I became keenly aware of just how much I needed him, just how grateful I was for the Lord in my life in the year 2007. And I'm going to read something to you. I wrote this in 2007. I save everything. I wrote this about my son's cancer diagnosis, and I'm going to read it just as I wrote it. It says, this past May, my 19-year-old son, Tommy, was diagnosed with cancer. Everything is still so fresh in my mind, but I know that as long as I live, I'll never forget the day, the hour, the moment that we found out. I remember the frightened look on his face and the absolute terror that consumed me in that moment. Now, I know a lot about cancer, CT scans, tumor markers, and therapies, and intellectually, I was lining up what I thought needed to happen, but it took me no time at all to recognize that I was so limited. 
I immediately went to my church family. I came to the church. I prayed with the office staff. I went to a dear friend's place of work, and we prayed in the parking lot. I called a special friend on the phone. She was actually in the restroom at a Cardinals game, and she fell on her knees, and we prayed together for my boy. And one of the things she cried out in that telephone conversation, she said, oh, my goodness, you're all alone. And I know what she meant. I don't have any extended family that live nearby me. I wasn't married at the time. She meant that I was facing this battle with my son alone. But through it all, I never felt alone. I had the ultimate friend, the ultimate companion with me every step of the way. For I had the great physician at my side and I had the best medicine. I had prayer. Now, my friends and I, we gathered people together at the altar. We prayed uh, at church. Uh, the boys and I prayed before doctor's visits. We prayed in the car, in parking lots. We prayed in waiting rooms. At home, we prayed at the table. We prayed in the living room. We piled up in Tommy's bed, prayed there. As soon as my eyes popped open in the morning, I started praying. Prayed while driving my car. And when I fell asleep at night, if I woke up in the middle of the night, I prayed some more. We're told to pray without ceasing. Psalm 55, 17 says, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry out, and he shall hear my voice. I felt like the little girl in the book. Hello, God, it's me again, Margaret. But, But he didn't roll his eyes at me. I pictured my heavenly father picking me up putting me on his knee to lovingly listen to my prayers once again. You see, my family may be 10 hours away, and my neighbors may be a few houses down the road, and my friend could be a phone call away, but God is just a whisper away. See, there's an advantage to being accustomed to praying, being accustomed to talking to the Lord. When you whisper his name, there's no introductions needed, no time spent explaining where you've been. With just a whisper, you're able to place yourself immediately under his guidance and protection. I remember a particular one evening, actually about two in the morning, I'd been reading about Tommy's cancer and it got me frightened and scared and and I was alone and I so probably had some sort of a panic attack and I didn't know whether to call somebody at that hour of the morning or call 911 but I just remember these words came over me and they were you know where your strength is you know where your strength is and at that moment I cried out I said Lord heal Tommy Lord, cure my baby boy. My prayer was simple and to the point, but it was also prayed with faith, and I expected a miracle. Now, I know God wants us to lean on our friends when we have troubles, but but that night, he was teaching me to depend totally on him. And I also prayed that night for peace and strength and courage to meet what Tommy and I were called to face, and he granted us that. Not only were the boys and I praying, our whole church was praying, we, we felt every 
prayer. We felt absolutely bathed in prayer from this town. And we heard from heaven in a mighty way. On the 23rd of June, the doctor told us that Tommy was cured. Tommy was cancer-free. And now he's a 16-year cancer survivor. Hallelujah. Our prayers quickly change from prayers of healing and protection to prayers of thanksgiving and celebration and absolute gratitude. That word gratitude, it's, it's different than thank, thankfulness or thanksgiving. It's more than just saying thanks. Gratitude is a, a, an emotional state. It's a state that results from two things, recognizing a good thing and recognizing that this good thing came from outside yourself. It came from another person. It came from nature. It came from the Lord. And usually there's three, frac- three factors that will increase the amount of gratitude a person feels for a benefit they've received. And, and the first one is the more purposefully someone has helped you. That means that it wasn't unintentional or it wasn't with an ulterior motive. They purposefully helped you. The next one is the more they've sacrificed to help you. And the third one is the more the outcome benefits us. And I read them and I thought, wow, it has to be purposeful with great sacrifice and great benefit to us. Wow, that sounds just like that describes what the Lord has done for us. So true gratitude is our awareness of who God is and what he's done for us. It doesn't mean that we we don't recognize that there will be difficulties. It just means that we stand on the knowledge that God is on the throne and he deserves to be praised. I want to I want to share this scripture with you. 1 Corinthians 11:24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, "Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." Now, I got this next bit of information from a devotional. I can't give it credit to the author because I couldn't find it again. I don't know where I I write things down and run things off and I I can't find the owners. So this this is someone else's idea of that scripture, but I think it's I think it's awesome. The author says, "I believe that Jesus himself set the tone for thankfulness in that verse." In verse 24 it says, "And when he had given thanks, he broke it." The verb thanks in this text is the verb from which we derive the word Eucharist, a Greek verb for thanks or thanksgiving. Eucharist is the word that we often use for the Lord's table. So so I want you to capture this picture. The opening words in verse 23 tell us that it was during the night in which he was betrayed. It was on that night he took bread and when he had given thanks... Now, Jesus is standing in the midst of being betrayed. He's standing in the face of the cross, which he is fully aware is forthcoming. And Jesus is giving thanks. 
Jesus isn't standing there saying, what is ahead of me is going to be unimaginable in pain and terror. Nor is he complaining about the betrayer. So if Jesus showed us to give thanks in the midst of betrayal and pain and terror, then Jesus can show us to give thanks in the midst of political unrest and a bad diagnosis and anything else that comes our way. Thanksgiving is a prelude to power. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And Colossians 3, 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All through the Bible, God encourages us to be thankful in whatever we do. Gratitude will change the atmosphere of your workplace. It will change the atmosphere of your home. It will change the atmosphere of your church. It will change the atmosphere everywhere you go. For Christians, Thanksgiving isn't our only time to give thanks. Rather, For us, we should live it all year long. It should be a way of life for a true believer. When you are truly grateful, truly thankful, when you are mindful of the blessings you've received, especially the presence of the Lord in your life, every day should feel like Thanksgiving. This is Lorraine Jones, and you've been listening to 15 Minutes of Good News, sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital. The It's All Good podcast, hosted by Lorraine Gossett-Jones, sponsored by Baptist Memorial Hospital, delivering the promise of quality health care. When fighting cancer, you want two things on your side, advanced technology and skilled, caring medical professionals to help you succeed. At Baptist Cancer Center, you'll have both. We use TrueBeam, powerful, precise radiation technology used by the top cancer centers in the United States. And our cancer treatment team is second to none. Advanced technology, advanced skills, right here where you live. Find out more. Visit us at BaptistCancerCenter.com.